and in comparison to the male guides who could turn around, unzip, go whenever, wherever, I found myself having to trek across the glacier, carefully avoiding crevasses until I could find a spot with enough privacy. Um, but in the almost two years that we were completely down, we established a wait list of over 5,000 people. Um, we always had a metric to capture demand, which is the thing that kept us going for so long. Well, we're in all Moostraw Mountaineering stores nationwide, and then we launched with both Title IX and Public Lands this spring. This is the Proco 360 Podcast. I'm Dave Tabor, hosting Proco 360 because I love Colorado and I love getting to know Colorado's entrepreneurs. Today's episode is with Gigi, well, actually, Georgia Grace, Gigi Edwards, co-founder of SheFlight. And you are co-founder, aren't you, Gigi? Yes, yes. co-founder and CEO. Got it. And, you know, normally at this point in an introduction, I'd give a quick overview of the company, but... Based on the product, Gigi, I'm going to turn it over to you to give us the one-sentence overview about your company. Sure. So SheFly Apparel is on a mission to help everyone answer nature's call quite literally, and we do that through a patented zipper technology. Yeah. So when you say everyone, you really mean... I really mean everyone. We really? started with women. Yes. Ah, got it. All right. So I'm going to watch for the next version. Anyway, thanks, Gigi, for that. Uh, I am super excited about this episode. You know, of course, we're going to talk about the invention of the SheFly pant. We'll also talk about turning that invention into a manufacturable product, sales and marketing. And then the question that they always ask on Shark Tank when someone has a super cool product, they say, this is a super cool product, but is it actually a business? So we're going to talk about that too. And before we even started, Gigi, you mentioned to me that there are some new things coming. So that's going to be a fun part of the conversation. Uh, finally, Gigi was introduced to me by Margaret Hederman of Startup Colorado, uh, and that's in Durango. But you're from Montrose, Gigi, right? I live and we're headquartered in Gunnison, Gunnison. Colorado. Got it. Okay, so thanks to Margaret uh, and that we're together in the studio today. And Gigi, glad you could be here on Proco 360. Thanks for having me. All right, so we got the short, the short overview of the company, but I bet you can give us a better one. Yeah, so our technology looks like a second zipper that begins at the base of a first zipper that you're accustomed to and using. And you're showing me that right now. Gigi <laughs> yeah. brought some great samples. So I'm going to open one up here. All right. So normal zipper at the top to get your pants on and off like you would expect. And then there's this hidden second zipper that begins at the base of that one. And it extends all the way to the back of the pants so the user can control the size and location of the space they need to create. Um, and that design is patented in addition to the flaps on the outside that make it discreet. For anyone listening, they look just like a normal pair of pants. You can't tell there's a zipper there. And then there's also a patented fabric flap on the inside, which makes sure that they're comfortable. So some of our customers even go commando in our products. Wow. So, you know, and good for you for uh, you figured out how to explain this very concisely <laughs> and uh, very appropriately. So, you know, but I, you you did, you started with a an invention, a product. So of course we have to talk about that, right? How did the, how did, what was the nexus of the product? I kind of get the idea of where you might've thought of it, but you know, talk about the origin story. Definitely. Uh, in the summer of 2016, I was working as a glacier guide in Alaska, usually as the only or one of the only female guides. So eight to 12 hours a day up on the ice. And in comparison to the male guides who could turn around, unzip, go whenever, wherever, I found myself having to trek across the glacier, carefully avoiding crevasses until I could find a spot with enough so privacy. So peeing was death-defying. Yes, 
actually a life or death situation. And this isn't even one where I was wearing a harness, which escalates it to a whole nother level. Um, and then I would remove three to four layers in freezing temperatures, do my thing, put it all back on and hike back to work. And that process was such a waste of time and energy that I resorted to dehydrating myself. And I thought there has got to be a better way to do this. Wow. Okay. So that's a great, that's a great sort of motivator, clearly. So beyond that, then you decided, okay, there has to be a better way. Did you just start like cutting and sewing? <laughs> Not immediately. I sat on the idea for about two years. I didn't know it at the time, but in retrospect, people have told me like every time we went on a hike or got lunch at the dining hall, this is all you were talking about. Um, so I had a kind of informal huh. customer research period of time, I think. And then my senior year of college, uh, 2018, I took a four-week entrepreneurship class at Middlebury College where you entered the class with a rough prototype and ended the class with a full business model. And that's when we won our first pitch competition. So the prototypes that I took to class were all more um, snow pant material uh, that I'd gotten from Goodwill and then zippers and Velcro and other closing mechanisms from Joanne Fabrics. I hadn't sewn since seventh grade huh. home ec. So they looked a little rough, but the functionality was there. And the current Go There pant has undergone over a hundred iterations to oh, reach I the would current think point. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And at what point were you at 70 or number 80 before you actually decided you could manufacture? That's a great question. I'd say at least 70. <laughs> um, we did a ton with local seamstresses kind of refining the design, but even then we were still using other brands' pants that we'd ripped the oh, crotch sure. seam out of and put in a zipper to prove the functionality. We almost operated as more of a service in the early days because people would bring us their pants and ask if we could install a zipper. Come on, that's <laughs> amazing. So yeah. you knew that at least to some extent there was demand. Yes, we immediately knew there was demand. That has been strong throughout the entire process. But you know, there's a big difference between people saying, this is so cool, I want it, and, you know, people saying, this is so cool, and buying it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um, our first launch of our own head-to-toe product was in 2019. We did a crowdfunding campaign, and we more than tripled our goal there and sold, well, pre-sold 500 pairs of pants, mm. and then started manufacturing at the beginning, end of 2019, beginning of 2020, when COVID hit. Oh. We had this awesome fair trade zero waste factory in India. They went out of business overnight. We lost everything that hadn't already left the factory. Anything still there was not considered an essential good, which I will argue to yes, the end of time. Yeah. Um, but in the almost two years that we were completely down, we established a wait list of over 5,000 people. Wow. Um, so, yeah, we always had a metric huh. to capture demand, which is probably the main thing that kept us going so long. So people were willing to wait. Now, at what point, though, because this is a super cool idea, at what point did you patent? Because uh, you back can patent before you even have, yeah. Yes. So basically the first time I announced this idea publicly at the pitch class at the end of the, the semester, um, that's when we were already working with lawyers to get our applications you in. You were. Wow. For both design and utility. And now we're patented in over 30 countries. Worldwide. Oh, that's fabulous. Have you had trouble um, protecting that yet? Not yet, knock on yeah, wood. Yeah. Um, we know it's coming. Yeah, it, it I kind be. of take it as a sign of success. Like if you're getting knockoffs, that means you're doing something worth copying. Sure. Um, I've heard I might that have before. a different take yes. when I see the legal bills. Yes, I think that um, might yeah. be the case. Especially, you know, well, we get into that another time, you know, whether, because, you know, it seems to me that like 
Amazon and some of them. Like, they, like they're okay with it till someone slaps them. But right. uh, that'll be, and you don't sell that way anyway, do you? Through Amazon? No, we're yeah. not on Amazon. All right, we're going to talk about that some more. But I'm, I'm getting way off track because I'm fascinated by this. But you know, first, I also want to talk about the design of the product and the intention. You talked about everybody who's outside. You talked about being on a glacier. It, when I went to your website, though, people talk about using it just for travel. Basically, anytime they don't feel they don't want to sit out. Yeah. Uh, and so it's become a more versatile product than even maybe you originally thought. Definitely. It was the classic story of I started with the pain point that I knew and I was experiencing and quickly realized that it was so much bigger than that. Uh, All the initial prototypes, like I said, were more um, ski bibs or snow pants. And we quickly realized that that was quite seasonal, quite niche in terms of at least women's participation in those sports and much more expensive to manufacture. So we started with a product that's really a do-it-all pant. People wear these snowshoeing, backcountry skiing, hiking, walking their dogs, going on a picnic, going out on the town. There's a variety of uses. Um, yeah, they seem like, I'm, I'm feeling it now, and it seems like sort of a stretch athletic pant that could be, you know, you'd see them for any of those purposes, even climbing and things like that. Yeah, harness compatible. We also designed the rise of the waist to be compatible with backpacking hip mm, straps so that mm-hmm. it sits comfortably. So those are two of the biggest uses that we see. Yeah. Now you mentioned niche. I love talking about niche. Almost every company has trouble defining its niche. You clearly don't at this point, right? I mean, it's so clear what you do. It's so clear the problem you solve. That must make that must make make messaging super easy. Yeah. Or and is I, it? I think it has made messaging easier. And I think the amount of social media virality that we've had entirely organically, dozens of videos with tens of millions or hundreds of millions views um, without any ad spend, I think is a big testament to that. Mm -hmm. But we started with women aged 18 to 34 who were going outside two to three days a week and then quickly realized that at least 50% of our audience was going to be more middle-aged women who had more disposable income, who had been dealing with this problem for longer. Mm -hmm. And now we even have men and other people who wear our pants. That's cool. Uh, Why do men wear? Number one and number two. Ah, I hadn't thought (laughs) about that. So especially on 14ers in Colorado where you're starting below tree line and ending above it, that's been a big use case scenario. Wow. Okay. So this is, I guess messaging isn't always that easy for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Reaching everyone means reaching no one. So definitely have been strategic about who we're targeting in any given period of time. Yeah. so I I did I was curious though because I I noticed in the construction you know you've got flaps that cover you know the zippers and so forth. How do you design like when you start selling it you don't have enough experience to know how long these flaps will last, right? I mean, how did you test all these things multiple times? Do you have a machine you put it in to you know, do stuff? How did you know it would last once you actually started putting them out in the market? So some of the more intense testing that you referred to, like using a machine and getting a numerical score is something that we're doing with Blister Labs um, at the engineering school at Western Colorado University. Mm. They're connected to our co-working space. And then previously, we have all of the founding team and most of our team members have been wearing these pants for years. So My co-founder, Charlotte, went on a Watson Fellowship and did some of the tallest peaks in the world and was wearing the same pair of pants for a full year during all of those expeditions. So we knew they held up. (laughs) Yeah. And then anyone who got an order in 2019 or 2020 still has that pair of pants. And we've had amazing feedback. No 
That's issues. great. But yeah. you know, the thing is, you had to you had to start selling them before you knew that they would hold up entirely. Yes. And so that's kind of to me, that's kind of risky, right? Because now you've got your first five hundred pairs out or whatever that you went through crowdfunding, and in six months you could get bad feedback. But you didn't. It was possible. It was possible, but Did I think, you think that about we. That? I felt more confident about it because we had done so much testing with our samples and our prototypes before we placed an order mm. for hundreds or thousands of pairs. Cool. Yeah. What was your first order? 500? It was, yeah, the first yeah. 500 pairs. And then our first official manufacturing PO in 2021 was 12 times the size of that. And all of those have sold. Wow. Well, yeah. that's super cool. All right. Let's take a quick break. You're listening to Proco 360, named Best Colorado Business Podcast in 2021 and 2022. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. This is the podcast featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. My guest today is Gigi Edwards, co-founder and CEO of SheFly. Thanks to our sponsors, Kinsley Meetings, and Kinsley Meetings is Proco 360's longest-running sponsor. Really appreciate them. Also, Via Technologies, they host Proco 360. It's a data-heavy site, and their team does a bunch to help me with that. So thanks to those guys. Also, Colorado Biz Magazine, our partnership is one of building our audiences together. Go to Proco360.com and check out these sponsors. All right, so uh, you mentioned crowdfunding, Gigi, and that you know, you sold 500 pairs through crowdfunding, which you were expecting to sell a third less, I suppose, right? Mm -hmm. So what did you charge for them? Because the idea of crowdfunding is you're going to get it. Well, not always, but in your case, you're going to buy a pair of product, right? So what did you charge? We charged under $100 a pair. I don't remember the yeah. exact price point. But were you going to make money at that price point? Was that the a idea? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit, but crowdfunding campaigns, yeah, if you're not careful with how you're pricing your rewards, you will end up using everything on fulfilling them. So really, it's not crowdfunding. It's more market seeding. Yeah, for us, that's how we saw it twofold. One was all of the press that came out of it because it's a big opportunity to make buzz. So we were on the cover of Vermont Sports Magazine and a bunch of local um, press newspaper articles outlets at that point in time. And then the second was finding our early adopter audience, which was that those initial 500 mm -hmm. customers. And how long did they have to wait to get their product? Because you you took use their money to then order product, right? Exactly. Quite a while. Uh, uh, some of them, I think the range was anywhere from six months to a year. A year they waited for their yes. rewards for Because a, a normal year. manufacturing timeline from placing your order to receiving product, if it's a first-time run, is at least eight months. And then we wow. had plenty of hiccups plus an pandemic along the way wow. so there are even some super super loyal customers who their pants never left the factory in 2020 and they didn't get their pants until we got product again at the end of 2022 oh my gosh you and must have been communicating with them yes we really leaned into transparency that was a big pivotal moment for us it there was a lot of pressure to feel like we were this real company and hmm. mistakes like this wouldn't happen. And then we realized that, you know, if the largest outdoor retailers in the country weren't able to fulfill product, how would it be expected that this brand new startup would be? And so then we just started doing Transparency Thursdays on social media and via emails where we would share whatever struggles were going on behind the scenes. And out of the maybe 200 people who were waiting on their orders. I think we fulfilled maybe five refunds that entire time, mm. which is a testament to our audience and also the demand that still existed. That's cool. Yeah, you know, both. Um, but, I, th you know, I would think, sure, they want the product, but they could always get it later if they wanted it. It seems like they just were supportive. 
Exactly. Yeah. And that's generally the mindset when you're supporting a crowdfunding campaign, too. There's no guarantee that that Mm -hmm. product will ever even enter the world. Um, And a lot of times it doesn't. Do you think think your audience was supported because of the demographic as well? You know, women supporting women with a really cool product for women? Definitely. Especially for pants. Uh, A lot of people ask, like, why do you think you're the first person to think of this, which I know for a fact that I'm not? Mm. Or why do you think you're the first person to do this? Uh, Again, we're not. You're not? We're not. But you got a patented and you're selling it. Yes. In the way that we are doing it on the scale that we are doing it. But there have actually been a variety of smaller and larger brands who have tried this before the e-commerce boom. So they were having to sell directly to brick and mortar retailers, which were male owned gear stores. Ah. Not a lot of women were going into those stores. Women's participation in this industry was a lot lower. Um, And then also it is taboo, unfortunately, and still is. We're lucky to be able to do it at this moment in time where there's a lot of social movements that have built on um, raising awareness about women's discomfort and women's pleasure and topics like that. And so we've been able to kind of ride the coattails of the women-owned companies who have already done that. Um, And then, yeah, I guess that's that's the main. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Now, the the company is called She Fly Apparel. You know, we talked about this briefly before we even got started, but, you know, it's easy to – it's easy to see why the company took off with a single product, right? So now how do you turn it into a company? I know you got hats that say P outside, very cute, really fun. <laughs> uh, but, you know, what? what is next and how do you grow? And you mentioned men's products. Yeah, so since the beginning, we've known we would need to rebrand and we're looking for a good time to do that. Um, we are rebranding for a couple di- different reasons. The first is that, like you mentioned, since college, we've been known as she flies by she fly featuring she fly and so there's <laughs> no yes. differentiation yeah. between the brand the technology and the, and product, the product yeah. so that's part of the reason the other reason is that we have interest from other brands to license our patented technology in their products wow. which are not always women's products sometimes they're unisex sometimes they're men's sometimes they're an adaptive piece of gear and so that's why um not having a pronoun limit us in terms of business revenue streams was important. And then the third reason is that we've been come to known as leaders in inclusivity and accessibility in this space. We do a size range of double zero to 22, which most large brands don't even offer. Um, And we have team members and customers who don't use the she pronoun because they're trans or non-binary or, or they're men. Um, So those are our, that's our rationale. And, at the point in time when this podcast, um, at the point in time when this podcast launches, we will be known as Nara, G N A R A. And what does that mean? It comes from the Latin root word naris, which means to get to know or to become familiar with. It's a skillful practice. So we took this idea that so many women are familiar with, and some men too, uh, and solved for it. And then we also liked that it was a take on gnarly, but kind of redefining it in our own way, in a way that's a little bit more open to interpretation. Hmm. Well, and and uh, I noticed you used, used the term accessibility earlier, and I suppose that's a feature as well. Yes, and that's another example of a use case that I didn't necessarily have in mind when we started out with this product, but there are a lot of adaptive use case scenarios, whether um, medical applications, so you're using a catheter uh, or Mm. getting around if you're in a wheelchair, this makes it much easier, or if you use any kind of walking stabilizing device that has to stay anchored to your hips, Mm. um, this is also useful then. 
Well, isn't that interesting? And I could yeah. see the licensing possibilities along those specialty niches as well. And you'd probably be happy to do that. Yes. <laughs> so that's interesting. Now, um, I as I was thinking about what you'd be doing, expanding your product, I didn't, I didn't think about what you just described. I just thought about, you know, sort of like, could you extend the brand, um, you know, based on what you stand for? And, um, and uh, yeah, but that doesn't seem like the direction you're going. You're, it, it seems like, you know, rather than promoting a brand, a line of products for women and empowering women in the outdoors and empowering women as they travel and other things, you've really chosen a different route, right? Expanding the product line to a, a broader niche or broader group. In-house, we will always be focused on women because that's our experience and that's what we're the leading experts in when it comes to women's apparel. Um, oh, this was a point I wanted to make earlier too. The women's pant industry in general is extremely young because pants were invented by and for men. And even in the U.S., women were not wearing pants through the 70s and 80s at colleges and universities on the floor of the Senate. So there is a lot of room for innovation in this space yeah, but I mean, there's huge international brands now focusing on women's, uh, you know, athletic kinds of materials, Athleta and Title IX and all these others, right? So it, right, it seems weird to say that it's a young industry. Lululemon, I mean. Uh, it is. Like, leggings with pockets are revolutionary. Come on. And they're very new. Yeah. Huh. So there's a big, like, shrink it and pink it movement where things that, that were designed for men are just oh. turned into a different color and up on the price point, and then they're like, this is for women. And the reality is that there's a lot more differences that need to be huh. accounted for. So that's a trend that's happening both in this industry and adjacent industries. So... We as a brand and what we stand for are not changing. Uh, the products that we're known for are not changing besides the logo on the thigh pocket. The licensing revenue stream is what allows us to expand yeah. into other target audiences. Yeah, that's interesting. Really cool. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I wonder, like I think about, I talk about these kinds of things a lot with people in your kind of industry, outdoor products and so forth. You know, the idea of, of products that share prominent brands. You know, like like boa, the dial that goes on a boot, exactly. right? So are yeah. people going to want she fly pants or Nara pants, essentially? They're going to want the go fly zipper. The go fly zipper. Got it. Yes. Ah, that's what. Now, I haven't seen that term before. That is. So the new company name is Nara. And then the new uh, patented technology name is go, go fly. fly. So we can build revenue streams under both of those. That is super cool. So yeah. you can be licensing that. Yeah. Um yeah, I just came out of a, a session with the guys uh, from Vormi, the father and son from Vormi. You probably know them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they're talking about the same kinds of things. What can be branded as Vormi? What can be licensed out as material, as textiles to be used in other applications? Um, still Vormi, but not under their distribution control, right? Yeah. Sounds like you're in a similar path. Yeah, and we are really lucky to have mentors who have worked at BOA and Gore-Tex and other mm. companies that have really... They know licensing models well, and they know how to implement them. But then the tricky piece, and I've talked about this with a lot of different companies, is like, you know, use BOA as an example, use Gore-Tex or Vormi. Like, like Burton Boots doesn't want people shopping for BOA boots. They want people shopping for, right? And your customers aren't going to want people shopping for GoFly pants. They're going to want that, right? Well, that's where the type of licensee or customer comes in. So we won't be licensing to direct competitors of ourselves in terms of product. The more niche, seasonal, higher price point or lower price point 
um, products like bibs or fishing waders or um, flight suits or military mm, uniforms. Mm. Those are all applications that we're not going to produce in-house. Fishing waders. you got to have them in fishing yeah, waders. Yeah, we've had a sure. lot of demand. Although, can they say waterproof? Yeah, we could use a waterproof zipper with the same wow. technology. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Hey, you're listening to Proco 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor, and this is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. This episode is with Gigi Edwards, co-founder and CEO of SheFly. Go to Proco360.com to subscribe to the newsletter, read my blog, link to sponsors, and catch the books I'm listening to on Audible. Okay, so you do have investors. Yes. You didn't at first. You had, you know, I mean, but... Bootstrapped for a long time. Yeah. And then have done two rounds now from Angels, VCs, and family offices. Well, that's great. So how much have you raised? I don't think I can publicly share. My lawyers would kill me. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. We'll move on from that. So marketing-wise, you talked about, um, you know, how much viral coverage you've gotten, which is amazing. I also noticed it seems like the role of press coverage has been huge for you. And what a fun story. I mean, it's an intriguing product, solves a real pain point, and it's so novel. I would think that the press just loves you guys. Yes. It's an easy story that always gets a lot of clicks, no matter what the outlet is. Yeah. Yeah, we were named um, USA Today Top Pant of 2022 and Women's Health Magazine Top Pant of this year. And then we won back-to-back Outdoor Retailer Innovation Awards, which is the highest, most uh, legitimate award you can receive in this industry for both our pants and our upcoming legging design as well. Oh, that's super cool. Congrats. Wow. Hey, now, do... Do customers, when they buy a product, you mentioned that your partner wore the same pair of pants, and I assume she washed them for a year, right? But, I mean, how many items, how many pairs of, of these pants will a typical customer get? Will they buy one and then buy several? Yes. So our returning customer rate is actually about 20% right now. We've only had product on the market for nine months as of this month. So the fact that one in five people are coming back to order another pair of the same product and just such a short period of time, again, is a testament to how much people love these. That's super cool. And I'm looking, you showed me, um, you've got shorts now. Shorts go live tomorrow. So yeah. Yeah. They go live tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Well, this is great. So same technology, just shorter legs. (laughs) Yes. And you know, they seem pretty affordable too on your website. Um, And so that shouldn't be a big barrier, I wouldn't think, for customers. Yeah. We do fall at the higher average to higher price point for women's pants. Um, but we're adding or we're offering a functionality that no one else on yeah. the market is offering. Um, and then they're extremely technical, like I said. So there are a lot more features and a lot more problems that we solve for beyond just the bathroom problem. There's the four-way stretch and the adjustable waist. So our fit is really good. There are three different ways to wear the bottoms of the pants, uh, normal boot cut, or they cinch into joggers if you're trying to keep leaves or ticks out, or they roll up and snap into capris. So you can use them for many different activities, many different weather patterns. They're DWR-coded. Um, there's a lot that goes yeah, into this. That's great. No, so last question on the on the manufacturing piece of it is, um, you know, you had to select fabrics. You had to do all these things. I mean, did someone help you do that? Or did you go to a, a contract manufacturer who, who basically guided you through the process? We had been doing all of it ourselves uh, up until the pandemic. And then we knew that we were going to have to figure it out with some more 
experienced help. And so we have a manufacturing and uh, production consultant, Alicia, who helped us really get this far. And now we also have an in-house product developer and designer, Lee. And mm. they also had a lot of connections in the industry. Some of our mentors, um, like the CEO of QuickFeet, uh, made, mm. or sorry, the CEO of Toad & Co. made an intro to our current factory, QuickFeet, on this our behalf. Cool. I'm playing with this as you're talking, as you see. And, you know, I mean, did, did these zippers have to be specially... I mean, other than the length, did they have to be specially designed, specially manufactured? Uh, yes. They're not simple, right? So that's another reason that a lot of people have not had success in, in making it this far yet. Um, these pants have actually five zippers built in since some of the pockets are zippered as well. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. a pretty skilled labor, time-intensive process. And then our zipper specifically, there's a lot of sewing that happens to make it comfortable and discreet. Cool. Now, is this hard to do? Um, you're in Colorado. You're not in a big city. Is this hard to do? Small towns have always been a part of our success. I think communities come together, uh, especially in outdoor places, in a way that you don't see in other places. We have also won major accelerators, like we did the Mass Challenge Accelerator out of Boston in a city, um, and we won $100,000 cash prize as part of that wow. program, and that was not outdoor industry specific. So we've been really lucky and worked really hard, but uh, being based in the Rocky Mountains has been really useful for being able to test product in a variety of activities and then also having customers who are already in the area because they're there to hike or bike sure. or ski or mountaineer. So. You know, when it comes to when it comes to this kind of a product and marketing and so forth, it sounds like uh, the hardest part for you, and maybe maybe it hasn't been hard, but you've had to do more about pitching than about selling. Yeah, the product, like raising money and learning how to do that, or pitching for contests to win, stuff like that. Was what process did you go through to get good at that? The four-week class is the first place I learned how to pitch, and then I basically haven't stopped pitching since. But isn't um, it an easy pitch? I mean, like, it's just such a it's such an think. easy product. Have you failed many times in your pitches, or has no, everybody we... said, this is so cool? <laughs> yeah, I'd say the, the reactions we get are either, oh, my gosh, why hasn't this been done before? Can you put it in my pants? Where can I get a pair? Or it's one that has a little bit more skepticism because they haven't seen something like this yeah. before. Our focus has really been getting the word out there because once people hear of us, for most, it's a no-brainer. Um, our online you know, website conversion rate is great, but our in-person conversion rate is over 50%. So just getting a customer to touch and feel and try on our product is more likely than not always going to end in a sale. Wow. So we try to do as many opportunities as possible for people to see this in real life. Yeah, but where are you doing that? You're not... Well, uh, we're in all Moose Jaw Mountaineering stores oh, nationwide. Wow. And then we launched with both Title IX and Public Lands this spring. And then we're in about two dozen smaller independent retailers across the country. And if you hear this and you would like to carry our products, which you should, please reach out. Well, now, is the website going to change? Uh, the URL will change, yeah. yes, but all of our um, product hang tags and it'll be clear with our signage and notes on our website and social media that we were formerly known as Sheep Oh, well, Apparel. okay. Yes. That's cool. But soon you'll be – was it hard to find the URL? Uh, For NARA. NARA. Yeah, G-N-A-R-A. No, that was another huge perk to it is that it was completely open. God, Latin. That helps, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. 
Yeah. And it, it allows us to solve for other problems, too, beyond just the bathroom problem. This sure. is the first real problem, but there are so many issues in the outdoors and in apparel and in women's apparel, and we plan to solve for all of them. This is just the first step. Well, I think that's a good note to end on, unless I missed something. Is there something else we should talk about that you're dying to tell me because you're ready, you're ready to rebrand? And by the way, was rebranding fun or was it just pain? <laughs> I am very excited to go live with it tomorrow. It has been two years worth of work behind the scenes. And so we've been almost running two companies at once. Everything mm. we're doing now for oh, SheFly sure. and all of our future product lines and marketing have been towards NARA. So we're really happy to complete it. Um, it was really fun to brainstorm and, you know, talk to customers and get a lot of feedback. Um, but, you know, at some point, you know, at some point that just seems like, you know, sort of a an exercise in, oh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but the idea that like, does the logo matter that much? Does the, you know, do you think it does? Is the logo going to be cool? Yeah, the logo is very cool. You can see a flame in it or a droplet in it or a G in it, depending on how you look at it. People also really love our current logo, yeah. except for those who don't. <laughs> but the current logo is also uh, very detailed and hard to reproduce. And for a company that's trying to scale on the level that we are, it's important to have something a little bit simpler. Something. Oh, My yeah, co-founder yeah, yeah. drew this logo on a napkin and a friend digitized it in 2018. So, oh, how funny. Uh, yeah, we didn't have any formal marketing branding background back then. Wow. All right. We better wrap up. I'm your host, <laughs> Dave Tabor. Today on Proco 360, you've been listening to my conversation with Gigi Edwards, co-founder and CEO of SheFly, soon to be NARA, yeah. G-N-A-R-A. You have NARA.com? Uh-huh. Is that live now? Tomorrow? It will be live tomorrow. All right. NARAapparel.com. Ah, got it. All right. I'll be there. Gigi, glad you could come and join here in the studio uh, for Proco 360. Thank you for having me. It's nice to do a local podcast. Yeah. Hey, listeners, because you're usually worldwide. <laughs> Sometimes. Good. Good yeah. for you. I'm glad. Listeners, glad you're here on Proco 360, where we say live, work, love Colorado, because you and I and my guests can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. You make the show successful by subscribing to the Proco 360 podcast. And if you haven't yet, it's a huge help if you submit a review in your app. Thanks again to our show sponsors, Via Technologies, Kimsey Meetings, and Colorado Biz Magazine. That's the show. Live, work, love Colorado. One other thing that I wanted to say. What's that? Um, the companies that you mentioned, um, Lululemon, what was the other you mentioned? Oh, probably Title IX. I'm thinking of the ones my wife shops at. Um, what's the oh, other? Lululemon, Athleta. Athleta, Those yeah, are all yeah, companies yeah. that started the same way, solving problems for women in apparel, and have now all expanded to have men's lines as well. That's a good point. I just bought my first Lululemon clothes. My wife's like, you've got to go to the store, get this stuff, and blah. Yes. Yeah. So that's your track. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, we'll tag this on at the end if you don't mind. Thanks. <laughs>